we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. Welcome to another exciting episode of Gratuitous Sex and Violence, the podcast where we sit by the fireplace, yule log crackling, a cup of warm peppermint hot cocoa with extra whipped cream in our hands. And we're about to open our presents. Presents! I love presents. I ask Santa for lots of sex and violence. I hope he delivers. What did you ask for, Nathan? <laughs> Man, I'm still getting over that intro. <laughs> that was great. My name is Orlando, and I'm joined by a special guest today, Nathan. Say hi, Nathan. Hello. Thank you for having me. This is great. Um... Do you like Christmas, Nathan? Do you like presents? You know what? Christmas is probably my favorite holiday, but not necessarily because of the presents. I like the general oh. I like the general feel of Christmas. I like Christmas lights. I like the like the late night, like especially if it's snowing. That's that's Christmas to me. That kind of stuff. Mm. More classical uh, kind of music, that kind of stuff. Classical music as in like uh, like old carols. Yeah, like the more traditional carols. I'm not really big on the on the pop carols or like pentatonics, like none of Where that. Where are you? Yes. Any, or or and this this may be the wrong the wrong show to say this on given the, the gratuitous sex part, but any <laughs> any Christmas carol that fetishizes or sexualizes Santa Claus just needs to go. Santa baby. <laughs> Well, we love uh, we love fetishization over here, so we're all about that. I mean, actually, I don't. That is a pretty creepy song. It's so creepy, and I don't. I don't also rep- the I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Yes, one. yeah, no, that's just. And I'm sure it's supposed to be like, I don't know. It's probably supposed to be like the dad or something. But it's just it's creepy, and I hate it. I mean, it is supposed to be the dad, right? Yeah, no, that's that's how I've always taken it, but. But still, that's really because yeah. it opens the door to so much. It's like, are they are they role playing? Like, is is Santa is there like a Santa kink going on? You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Zaddy, right? Yes, Sa- yes. Santa Zaddy, Santa Santa Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you you live in New Mexico, uh, so there's like a lot of great uh, New Mexican traditions mm-hmm. uh for the holidays they have the um the the uh what is it the linternas right the, the, the luminarias luminarias yeah yeah really lots of beautiful things uh it doesn't get like terribly cold down there but um not really but i remember i used to i used to live in, in new mexico and and there was a there was a lot of beautiful things for the holidays a lot of good food well because you lived you lived over by La, in las cruces didn't you I did. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just outside of Las Cruces, you at and, least and you at least had the mountain there to kind of. To I did, and right by White Sands, so it was kind of like we had snow. White Sands and Cloudcroft <laughs> and Las Cruces are actually my favorite spots in New Mexico. Oh yeah, and we would always go to Ridoso mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, um, the Sierra Nevada. Is it wait not Sierra Nevada? No, Sierra Madre. Yes. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Is it Madre Sierra Madre? I think it is, because you're talking about over over in... Uh, the the peak in Redoso. What is that called? Sierra Blanca, I think. Sierra Blanca. Yeah, there yep, we go. Yep. <laughs> I knew it was Sierra something. Uh-huh. No, you were right. You were, you it, were... Hasn't, it hasn't been like, all, you know, over a decade <laughs> since I've been over there or anything <laughs> like that. One of my favorite things to do is watch movies. And sure enough, you know, on this podcast, we generally watch horror movies or thrillers or you know movies that feature a lot of like gratuitous sex and violence and today we're going to talk about the 12 films of christmas which are 12 films that have christmas themes or are set in christmas however they do feature a lot of gratuitous sex and violence But before we actually get to that, we're going to um, talk a little bit about what defines a Christmas movie, and we're going to play some Christmas film trivia. Um, So just in general, you say you love Christmas as your favorite holiday. Do you like watching Christmas movies? I do. um, You know, I think every, like, starting December 1st, sometimes... Black Friday if I'm really feeling like jumping the gun mm-hmm. I'll I'll set aside in like my online queue or the ones that I own just kind of make a stack it's not as big a stack as as my Halloween films you know my horror mm. movies but right. yeah no I do like to and I think a lot of the films that I like to watch will probably fall in the the 12 days of Christmas 12 films of Christmas category because I don't yeah. I don't do a whole whole bunch of of the traditional like I mean, I do like Miracle on 34th Street, both the original and the and the John Hughes remake. I like both of those. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, but but also Batman Returns and Die Hard and things like that. You know, where it's right. it's a film that's set at Christmas, but it's definitely a Christmas film to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I definitely uh, steer towards Christmas movies that are not. It's, explicitly about Christmas right. with a couple of exceptions um, and definitely the exceptions I feel like are movies that even transcend the holiday of Christmas they have a universe, universality yeah universal, universality universality about them <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know what you're trying to say yeah um, but I feel like, so if I were to think about what makes a Christmas movie, you know, uh, I can think of like three things, three ingredients that really separates Christmas films from um, other films. Yeah. The number one thing, of course, this is really obvious. It has to have a Christmas setting. It has to take place during or around Christmas Day. Or uh, your, I would say, I would, I would expand that and just say I think Christmas has to be the holiday with the most real estate in the film you know I I mean yeah absolutely yeah because but not necessarily Christmas Day specifically you know because like Die Hard takes place Christmas Eve um Right, but, but that's Christmas Day adjacent. Yeah, it is. But I think it's I think, it's, it's it's in the holiday season. But it takes yeah, place exactly. in the season exactly. of Christmas. Yeah, it has to, Christmas. The Christmas season has to be upon us. In mm-hmm. it. it has to be featured extensively in the movie, yes. in the background, and as a part of the plot somehow. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that I feel like all Christmas films are about hope, especially hope 
in the face of despair. There's oh, there's got to be this overwhelming obstacle that has to be um, overtaken, and the only thing that really defeats it is your faith and your yeah. hope, basically. I would agree. And then the third thing that makes a Christmas film a real Christmas film is a Christmas miracle. Every single Christmas film has to have a miracle of some sort. Okay. And that can be either supernatural or it can be something as simple as like a kind gesture, but something that that changes the, a character's heart, um, warms them in some way, and changes them in some way to believe in the power of Christmas. I agree. Yeah, I think that that that's accurate. So with that in mind, we're going to keep those three things in mind when we talk about our 12 films of Christmas. But first, we're going to play some Tris Christmas film trivia. Yes. Are you ready to play some Christmas film trivia? Let's do it. I'm going to get real cocky at the beginning. Just, <laughs> just in case I don't do well, I can at least have this moment. <laughs> Feel you feel you, you, how are you at, at trivia uh, normally? Are you pretty good at trivia? You know what? I'm amazing at trivia when I'm just listening to other people. But then I think when I'm in the hot seat, it's it's everything everything goes. So we'll see. Well, you're definitely in the hot seat so, today. You're in the hot. You're in the hot cocoa we'll, seat tonight. We'll see. But like I said, I'm going to start off real cocky, and I'm just going to be really confident about every answer, even if they're wrong. Even if I know they're wrong, I'm just going to because it's Christmas, and I'm going to keep the spirit of Christmas alive by being overly confident about this. Good. That's the best way to do it. Now, for our regular listeners, they kind of know how we do trivia here on this show. But tonight, since or today, since it's Christmas Day, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to change things up a little bit. And uh, normally, you know, th- this is the trivia portion is just five questions and a bonus. But we're not even going to do... We didn't watch a movie, really. So we're not going to do five trivia questions specifically about any movie in particular. Sure. What I'm going to do is... I'm going to go through a list of movies and I'm going to read to you a brief synopsis of that movie. Uh, and these synopsis are, synopses are taken directly from their IMDb pages. So no cheating, no looking up the IMDb page. All right. I'm going <clears> to <throat> read to you the brief synopsis and then you have to guess what the name of the movie is. Sweet. Um, if you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, you get a notch there too. Naughty or nice, we gotta make that list and check it twice. I feel like I feel like if it's wrong, it's like a lump of coal. A lump of coal. Yeah, just to keep uh, up the Christmas spirit. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end, we'll see if you have bragging rights. That's the grand prize. Sweet. Now, to help you along with this, we do give you a couple of lifelines. You can <laughs> ask for one clue per question. And you can either ask for the director or a lead actor. Sweet. And I will be a little more, you know, generous and say for lead actor, I'll even let you specify if you want the lead male actor or the lead female actor. That is very generous of you. (laughs) You're welcome. The Christmas spirit has hit you. The Christmas spirit is upon us us today. (laughs) So are you ready for your first movie clue? Let's do it. Again, I'm reading the synopsis directly from imdb.com. The first movie is about a college student 
who faces an impossible journey when he is left stranded in the desert thousands of miles from home with no money and only a few days left until Christmas. Name the movie. Is that I'll Be Home for Christmas? It is! Yeah. It's I'll Be Home with, for Christmas! With Jonathan Taylor Thomas, isn't it? Jonathan with, Taylor with Thomas. JTT. And Jessica Biel was also Really? And Gary Cole. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Um, that is not one of my favorite movies, but it is a Christmas movie. It exists. I feel like, it's out there. I feel like I saw that <laughs> as a kid when it first came out. It was probably like on ABC Family, mm-hmm. you know, like when it first came to video. That's pro- I feel like I probably caught it then. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, okay, so you're doing great. Starting out great. Uh, here comes question number two. This movie is about a father who can't keep his promises. Womp womp. And he dies in a car accident. But one year later, he returns as a snowman who has the final... <laughs> Jack Frost. Jack Frost with Didn't Michael even Keaton. have to wait. <laughs> it's true. It's Jack Frost <laughs> with Michael Keaton and Kelly Preston. And Mark Addy's also in that movie. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. So um, have you seen Jack Frost? I feel like I have. It's been a while. You're picking ones that it's been a long time since I've seen these. I mean, there's only a few handful of Christmas movies anyway. Yes. You know? Well, good Christmas movies. I don't remember enjoying Jack Frost either, but to each their own. Uh, there's another Jack Frost f- film that's a horror movie. I enjoy that one much more, <laughs> even though even though it's a really schlocky yeah. horror movie. <laughs> All right, you're doing fantastic. Let's two for two keep so it up. far. Let's keep it going. You didn't even wait for me to finish that clue. I mean, for fuck's sake, I'm, at least wait for me to finish I'm the waiting, clue. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes question number three. This movie is about a brother and sister who attempt to bring their divorced parents back together for Christmas. I am going to need a lifeline for this one. Can I get... Who directed this? The director's name was Robert Lieberman. Oh, my God. <laughs> you should have asked for the actor. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck But me. that's it. No more no lifeline. Life. Uh, brother and sister trying to bring... I, I have no idea. What is it? This one is called All I Want for Christmas. The 1991 box office flop. Oh my god! I don't. Starring know. Kevin Nealon and Thora Birch. I've never even heard of that movie. And Leslie Nielsen as Santa. Wait, what? Yeah, no, it's a terrible. Movie. No, it sounds terrible, but I kind of want to see this now. I mean, I've it's never one of the, heard of that. It's one of those movies that's actually uh, pretty fun to watch because of how bad it misguided right, yeah. is. <laughs> those are those are always good. Those are always great. So I've uh, got to put that one in the coal pile. It had to happen the eventually. The naughty pile. I can still All I can right. still come out on top, though. I mean, you're you're two for two for three, so it's not, not it's too not, bad. It's not too bad. Here comes the next movie. A couple struggles to visit all of their divorced parents on Christmas. I feel like I can see the poster <laughs> the the poster is actually kind of memorable not gonna lie <laughs> um can i get can i get the actress 
the lead actress is Reese Witherspoon. Okay, so it is the one. I, it's the one I'm thinking of. I just I can see the poster because Vince Vaughn is in it as well, isn't he? That's correct. Vince Vaughn is in it. Okay, as well. it's um. Oh my god, I can I literally I can see the fucking poster in my mind. <laughs> I just, it's like everything about it has revealed itself to me except for the title. Uh oh. Okay, it's, uh, cause also, all right, cause, cause that was around the same time that Christmas with the Cranks came out, which that's, that's a terrible film with Tim Allen. I didn't even watch that one. Horrible film. Um, it's, and then like the Family Stone was in that era, but that was Rachel, uh, that one's not too bad of a movie. Rachel McAdams. Yeah, because Luke Wilson was in, or yeah, Luke Wilson. Do you was give in up? Oh, come on. We can't elongate okay, this. We yeah, got I give up. I give up. I can't. It's f- it's called Four, four Christmases. Christmases. It's four Christmases. <laughs> yep. Because they went to four different parents. Say 100, dude. <laughs> so, all right. 50 50. Oh, my God. What's <laughs> happening to Nathan? I have, Here comes I have. your next movie. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up, man. Okay, Here I we go. This. I got this. I got this. Uh, okay, let's see if we get this Wait, one. This, this is, is a little. This is like. This is this is to tip me over the. This is to the to at least get positive points. I mean, yeah, you're fifty fifty right now. <sighs> okay, no pressure. Okay, all right. Uh, this one's a little bit off the off the deep end here. A little, you know, deep cut here. Okay. After assuming his dead cellmate's identity. To get with the other man's girlfriend, an ex-convict finds himself a reluctant participant in a casino heist. <laughs> Nothing Christmas about that. <laughs> literally not. Can I get the lead actor? The lead actor was a Mr. Benjamin Affleck. Oh, that's Reindeer Games. Reindeer Games! There it is. Got it. Reindeer Games is correct. A 2000 movie directed by John Frankenheimer. That was not a good movie. It was not a good that movie. That was not and a good movie. Really disappointing because uh, John Frankenheimer uh, is generally a, a pretty decent director, but mm-hmm. that was uh, that was a big pile of doo-doo. Wasn't, was Gary Sinise in that as well? Did he play the bad guy or am I just... I rem- ben Affleck was in I remember that. And he, mm-hmm. he dressed up as Santa. Um, Gary Sinise was not in it, okay. but Charlize Theron was. Good for her. James Frain was in it. For a second, I thought you were about to say James Franco, and I was about to be really confused. James Frank? No, James Franco was not. <laughs> was not in that movie. Oh, man. All right. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, let, or let's do this. I don't know if you're going to get this one. This one's a tough one. This is the next one right now, but... um. I didn't know it. Uh, I, I didn't even heard of it. I forgot this movie existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, no pressure, though. Sure. Uh, this movie is about two neighbors who have it out after one of them decorates his house for the holidays so brightly that it can be seen from space. Um, I, this isn't right, but all I can think of now is the scene in Christmas Vacation where they mm. they turn their house on. Uh. Who who's who's the lead? Give me one of the lead actors. Uh, you got to specify male or female. Give me give me a, the male lead. The male lead is Danny DeVito. 
He's one of them. There are two main male leads, but he's one of them. Oh my gosh. No, I have no idea. I don't know what this film is. This is called Deck the Halls. And it's a 2006 movie starring Danny DeVito and Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick. Directed by John Whitesell. I don't even remember that. I don't either, and frankly, I'm kind of glad because it looks terrible. It sounds terrible. Kristen Davis and Kristen Chenoweth are also in it. <laughs> good, good for them. Well done. It sounds like a well horrible, done, ladies. <laughs> horrible movie. Horrible movie. Yeah. Okay, so you're all right. You're you're. I mean, you're not doing too bad, to be honest. You're just like right there in the fifty-fifty. Um, there's still a few more movies to go. Okay. Let's go with the next clue. All right. Two cousins work nights at a local mall as security guards. When their house is robbed on Christmas Eve, they team up to track the robber down. Oh my god. (laughs) They work... um, Give me one of the male leads. Give me one of the male leads. Ice Cube is one of the male leads. Uh, Did not help at all. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know. What is it? It's Friday after next. Oh my god. Okay. It's the third Friday you know, movie. I'm not I'm not familiar with the Friday franchise. Franchise. Honestly, after Friday, does anyone even care that they I, made more Fridays know, movies? How many are there? There's three of them now, aren't there? Yeah, there's Friday, there's next Friday, Friday and, Friday. and there's Friday after next. Cause and wasn't there like a big thing about they want to do a fourth one, but somebody's a holdout or something. Like Dave well, Chappelle doesn't want to do it or something. I mean, I mean, who cares is what I say. <laughs> oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. It's not. It's not Dave Chappelle though. It's um, Chris. Chris. Uh, Chris Rock. Chris. No, Chris, Chris Tucker, Tucker. Right. Yeah, it's that's right because he was talking about it in his in his Netflix comedy special. He mentioned that. All right. Okay. Ready to go on? Let's do it. That was that was a loss. That yeah, it a, it, so, that one hurt a little bit. We're we're lopsiding now into the losses uh-huh. here. Okay, we're gonna go into the '90s with this one. Okay. The events of this movie focus around a crisis hotline business on one crazy night during the holidays. Oh my god. Where are you pulling this list from? <laughs> These are actual Christmas movies. <laughs> okay, okay. Give me give me um give me a female lead. Madeline Kahn! The amazing Madeline oh, Kahn love, is in this. I love Madeline Kahn. I, I love Matt her too. I love her too. Uh I have no idea though. I have no idea what it is. So you give up? I do give up, yeah. It's called Mixed Nuts! It's a oh, 1994 I fami- comedy. I am familiar with that. I haven't it seen stars it. stars Steve Martin. Yes, it does. It's directed by Nora Ephron. It also stars Madeline Kahn and Juliette Lewis. Okay. We got Rob Reiner, Adam Sandler, Liev Schreiber, <laughs> Rita Wilson, Parker Posey, John Stewart, Jolie Fisher, an all-star cast. I'm familiar with it. I've never seen it, though. It's not that great. <laughs> I the only reason I'm f- semi familiar with it is we did when I was in high school my senior year, we did a play called Mixed Nuts which had no relation. Uh-huh. But you know like when you're a high school theater student you're like did they make a movie out of the play we just did and you start looking up stuff. And so we we found that but it was like this isn't this isn't what we did, you know, so I never watched it. 
Yeah, it's very unmemorable, which is a shame because it really does have like an amazing cast. Yeah. All right, here comes your next movie. Okay. You gotta do. You got some catching up to do I, here, man. Yeah, I gotta make up some ground. <laughs> Six years after their Guantanamo Bay adventure, stoner buds cause a holiday fracas by inadvertently burning down a father-in-law's prize Christmas tree. Is this um? Is this the the Christmas Harold and Kumar movie? It is. Yeah. I didn't I'll just give you I I'll just give you the point for I that. haven't seen it cuz I can't remember. It's like a Harold and Kumar Christmas or something. There we go. Yeah. A very well, well, still uh, close. But I'll still give you the okay. point. What it's if, it's called a very Harold and Kumar <laughs> Christmas. What's what's funny is I don't think I even realized they had made one of those, but I was on Amazon Prime the other day and it was suggested and I was like, nah, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> I I fuck that I'm shit. Hard pass. Nope. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's you're, you got that one. That's good. So you're making up some ground, right, picking up here. some steam, getting you know, it's catching that second wind. Here comes your next Christmas movie. Santa's clumsy son sets out on a mission with Grand Santa to give out a present they misplaced to a young girl in less than two hours. Is this Arthur Claus? Oh my god. I cannot I cannot in all good conscience give you a point for that, but I'll let you adjust. <laughs> Arthur You're so close. It's Arthur Christmas. There you go! There Arthur, yeah, Arthur Christmas. Christmas. Starring Jim Broadbent, James McAvoy, and Bill Nye, mm-hmm. and directed yep. by Sarah Smith and Barry Cook. Yep. And this one was um, an animated movie. It too. was, yeah. It was like late 2000s too, wasn't it? It was like 2000... 2011. Yep. Like it literally just happened a little while ago. <clears throat> um, you already you already name dropped this movie. Okay. So it shouldn't be any... <laughs> it shouldn't <laughs> be hard to guess. doesn't mean I'm going to remember it. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Here's, the, here's the clue. All right. With their daughter Blair away... Luther and Nora decide to skip Christmas altogether until she decides to come home, causing an uproar when they have to celebrate it at the last minute. Oh, yeah, that's Christmas with the cranks. There <laughs> it's Christmas yeah. with the cranks. I've never seen that. The thing that's the most... Okay, the only reason I'm as familiar with that movie as I am is I worked for Hastings when it came out, and that trailer played on the reel all day long. And so really? all day at work, I was forced to watch Tim Allen chew with Botox. That sounds terrible. It was pretty bad. It, that and then whenever they would do all the Glee releases, because then the, like the music department would play the Glee soundtracks, and then you'd have the Glee commercials on the re- It was bad. That was that was mm-hmm. not, those were dark times, man. And um, the thing that I never got about Christmas with the Cranks, apart from how terrible it was, is the it's like it's like why did they even call it Christmas with the Cranks? Like why why was it why didn't they call it because the name of the book, which is also not a good book, John Grisham yeah, wrote it. It's, I, it's called Skipping Christmas, and I feel like that is a much better name. Well, it's right? a it's a better name. It's more accurate, but also, I'm just confused that that's a John Grisham book. Like that was like the one time. <laughs> that was like the one time he was like, you know what I want to do? 
No, I would have read a Christmas no, story. He actually, I think he's actually got. I think it's him that he did another Christmas book, and I can't remember what it was called. But if 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 it is, then then it was a pretty good book. But that was like early '90s. But yeah. Well, he did a painted house, which was not a, a legal thriller. Okay. But anyway, so you got that one right. Sweet. You're redeeming yourself. Awesome. Can't here here comes your next clue. Second wind. All right. How are you feeling? You're doing good? You're feeling good? You're feeling I, I great? To, I told you, man. I'm just going to stay overconfident this whole time. <laughs> Overconfidence is key. Good for you. <laughs> this one's this one's a movie that really fits our aesthetic here at Gratuitous Sex and Violence. The description for this movie says, During their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger. Oh my gosh. I have no idea. Uh... Give me, give me one of the lead actresses. Let's see if I can pull this out. I'll give you the most famous one, Margot Kidder. Ah, oh, Margot, so great, so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Lois Lane doesn't help at all. What is the movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, directed by the famous and the illustrious Bob Clark, the film is called Black Christmas. Oh my gosh, yes it is. And it's widely credited as the Didn't... first ever slasher horror film yes. and it went on to inspire John Carpenter's Halloween. And didn't they just remake that a few years ago? They did remake That's it right. and the remake is terrible. That's usually true. That's <laughs> usually how it goes. How about some classics? We haven't had like any real classics yet. Here, going back into the past of Christmas film, okay. this film features a successful song and dance team who become romantically involved with a sister act and team up to save the falling Vermont Inn of their former commanding general. Oh, that's Holiday Inn. It is not no, Holiday Inn. It's White Christmas, isn't it? You got it wrong. <laughs> it's White Christmas. It's White Christmas. Oh, I'm sorry to do that. That goes in the no, coal that's, pile. That is that is coal. But you know what? It's easy to forget to to mix up the two. Yeah, it is. The song "White Christmas" was originally sung by Bing Crosby in Holiday mm-hmm. Inn, and then they made a whole movie to justify him singing it again. Yeah, Holiday <laughs> Holiday Inn also has some really problematic, like. Like if I remember right, like blackface and and things like that. I mean, a lot of those old yeah. Bing Crosby, Fred Astaire yes. movies had yes. a lot of yeah. problematic shit mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, I told you uh, I was really right. confident though about Holiday. I was. I told you, man. You were. <laughs> you. I mean, I. I, I wish I could have given you the I, point, but I you're, appreciate it. You're back at hitting 500. Now. I might try and gaslight you later in the show to give me the point anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We're almost. Uh, we're almost uh, like two thirds of the weight through the list. All right. So you still got some some room some here wig- to expand. I got some wiggle room. Here's the next one. A lonely, obnoxious young millionaire pays a family to spend Christmas with him. This sounds super familiar. Um, who's the lead actor in it? Second time on the list tonight, Mr. Ben Affleck. Oh, please tell me this isn't Geely. 
It is not Geely. <laughs> no. I didn't see Geely. That was your get. Geely is not a Christmas movie. I didn't think so, but I hadn't seen it. So anything. Um, yeah, that was my get. This movie also features James Gandolfini and Christina Applegate, and it's called Surviving Christmas. Oh, I was never going to guess that. Not skipping Christmas, but surviving, surviving Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> what year was that made? But it's a terrible movie as well. It was made in 2004. Okay. That was during his real bad slump. Who's bad slump? Ben Affleck's bad slump. <laughs> okay. That, was, okay. that was during Ben's. Because he did Gigli in like 03 or something, and then it was hard for him to oh, recover yeah. after that. Yeah, I mean... Because really, really, it was hard for him to recover because it was like Gigli and Daredevil and all of those kind of came out around the same time. Yeah. And then I don't, yeah. I don't, I feel like he didn't really start to recover until he directed um, Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, he started like, and then uh, he, and then people started a different career. All and then people were like, oh, okay, yeah, he is, he's talented. Mm-hmm. And then they started putting him in Gone Girl, and yep. then they made him Batman and for, ruined his career for, again. <laughs> for a minute and a half. Speaking of gratuitous violence. <laughs> right. Um, unnecessary violence. Unnecessary violence. Here comes your next clue. Hi. While visiting his hometown during Christmas, a man comes face to face with his old high school crush, whom he was best friends with, a woman whose rejection of him turned him into a ferocious womanizer. That describes that was a that was a very long and detailed description from IMDb. A long and detailed description. Some of them are some of them are that long, and then some of them are like a comedy about a family. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> who's who's the lead actor in that? The lead actor is Ryan Reynolds. Oh my god. Uh, uh I can't think of it. What is it? Just friends. Oh my god. Yeah, cuz he that was the one where he was in the fat suit. Yep, also starring Amy Smart and Anna Faris and Chris Klein, directed by Roger Cumble, 2005's Just Friends. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, all right. I didn't realize that was a Christmas movie. Yeah, it takes place during Christmas. Okay. And it's actually okay. It's not that bad, but uh, I I do feel like a lot of the fat jokes have aged poorly, if I had just had to guess. I would imagine (laughs) so, yeah. I mean, I think like all the comedies that were made during the Bush era have really aged poorly. Yeah. (laughs) Like like I was thinking about like uh, Talladega Nights and um, Wedding Crashers. I'm like... Does is there anyone left alive who really enjoys those movies anymore? <laughs> I, you know, um, I didn't even really like Talladega Nights when it first came out. Right. I remember. Yeah, I remember. But it was very popular. It was super popular, and I just remember sitting there watching it on on DVD, and I did not. Me and the person I watched it with, we just didn't laugh at all. And finally, we were just like, I, <laughs> "Do you want to be done with this?" And I was like, "Yeah, very much. I want to be done with this." And it's crazy because, like, I really love Step Brothers, which also has uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, for some reason, they just didn't do it for me in Talladega Nights. My favorite, like, two thousands Will Ferrell comedy is Anchorman. That's Anchorman. Yeah, and that's still that's pretty solid. Choice. And that's still really funny. Like those jokes are still really. Mm-hmm. Anchorman two was okay, but. Anchorman 1 unnecessary. It though. was very unnecessary, but the first Anchorman was really really funny. 
All right, here comes your next clue. We're going back to the classics. Okay. A debonair angel comes to Earth to help an Episcopalian bishop and his wife in their quest to raise money for the new church. Okay. Um, do you want the original or the remake? It's up to you to get. You can ask for a clue if you want to be sure. Okay, what's a clue? Or um, <laughs> not what's a clue? What's a clue, what's a clue is clue? a help. That, <laughs> Who's? Give me one of the lead actors. Carrie Grant. It's the bishop's wife. The bishop's wife. Correct. Later remade, remade as, as the preacher's wife. The preacher's wife. But the word bishop should have really hit. Unless was he also a bishop in the new one? I Denzel don't. Wife? I don't remember if he was considered a bishop or not. That's why. Wait, no. Wait, Denzel was the the. Angel, Denzel was though, the right? angel, and then Whitney Houston was the wife, and then I can't remember who played her husband. Yeah, I can't remember. But either. it's a good movie. That's the one. It's a very good. Movie. That's the one where she's saying, "Do you believe in miracles or whatever it is?" Yeah, can't believe it. Yeah, miracles. She's saying. <laughs> she's saying. The best parts of the movies that she was was in was her, the song that was featured. Yeah, I recently rewatched The Bodyguard a while back, and yeah. terrible movie, great soundtrack. I love that movie. I love, but I love, I love how bad it is. But yeah. it has such a. It's. It's. It's what part of what makes it bad is that it has such a bad pacing problem. When they get to the mm-hmm. cabin, you're like, okay, let's wrap this up, and then right. and then they don't, and then you have the whole thing at the Academy Awards, and it's like, oh, we we're, we're still doing this shit. <laughs> Why are you still bodyguarding? Why are her? we still doing this shit? And then the Academy Awards section drags on for way too long. Also, you can get shot in the arm, and then we can sing, uh, "I will always and love I you." I will always love you. Yep, yep, yep. All right, here comes your next clue. All right. A father vows to get his son an action figure for Christmas. However, every store is sold out of them, and he must travel all over town and compete with everybody else in order to find one. This was Jingle All the Way, and I definitely saw this in theaters. Jingle All the Way! Because it was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. 1996, mm-hmm. starring Arnie and Sinbad, and directed by Brian Levant. And Sinbad, Sinbad played like a like a postal worker or something. Yeah, a deranged <laughs> postal worker. <laughs> back back when Sinbad, when, there was a time, folks, when they tried to make Sinbad a movie star. Yeah. <laughs> I shit you they not. They tried really hard to make they Sinbad. They tried really movie. hard. And for some reason they kept, I mean, he he's a clean, he's a squeaky clean stand-up comic, mm-hmm. so I guess why they did this. But he made nothing but like family movies. And I remember there was a time where I feel like every single week um, in, in the wonderful world of Disney, which mm-hmm. was like Sunday nights, ABC, they showed a Disney movie. And I felt like every single week was a Sinbad movie. Yes, it was. It was. I think uh, the most memorable line from Jingle All the Way is when Arnie's like, "Put the cookie down." <laughs> uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's always a hoot. He's mm-hmm. he's actually a pretty gifted comedian. He um, is, but yeah, because he and that and that movie is it's weird. Like I don't I don't want to say that it's an outright bad movie because it is oddly enjoyable. No, I think it's but great. It, I but, but yeah, <laughs> but it's not like a, an amazing movie. It's just like really. It's just a lot of fun to watch. I think what I my feeling about it is it's probably more fun to reminisce on than it would be to watch it again. Because I have mm-hmm. I have no desire to see it again. But anytime it's brought up, I'm like, oh yeah, he punches a reindeer and he says, put the cookie down. And it's funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. 
But I think yeah, it's, it I think it's better to remember than it is to actively participate in. All right, here comes the next clue. You caught up again. You're all tied up at once more. Man. This next clue, this movie is about a boy who has a bad Christmas and he accidentally summons a festive demon to his family home. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say Krampus. It is Krampus! Yes, it's the festive the- demon that... Yeah, that helped me out. What there. what other festive demons do you have? There's no. This is the tooth. This is the 2015 horror comedy starring Adam Scott, Tony Collette, uh, and amongst other full and directed by Michael Doherty. I, this was a movie where I thought like the concept was really awesome, and I thought like maybe like two thirds of the movie was good, but then I didn't think it stuck the landing. Right. So I didn't really enjo- end up enjoying it, but I, none I of halfway the, enjoyed it. None of the trailers really sold me on it. It was one of those movies that by the time I was done with the trailer, I felt like I had really seen everything the movie was going to offer me. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. This is one of those enigmatic clues coming up here because I think like a lot of Christmas movies could technically be described this way, okay. but let's see. You might get it. On Christmas Eve, a young boy embarks on a magical adventure to the North Pole while learning about friendship, bravery, and the spirit of Christmas. What is every Christmas movie ever made? <laughs> exactly. This is a specific Christmas um, movie, though. Let me. Who's who play? Who's who's a lead actor in it? The lead actor is Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh, this is the Polar Express. The Polar Express. I knew that was going to give it away. That he was, plays like every character in yeah. this movie, pretty much. You should have just said the only actor in the film is. Tom Hanks. <laughs> it is indeed Tom Hanks, the Robert Zemeckis 2004 that, Uncanny Valley masterpiece. That was his. That was his second attempt at at doing Motion those. Capture. Yeah, because there was a t- after he made Beowulf, he literally announced mm. he's like, "This is the only thing I'm doing from here on in." And then he made yeah. three of those, and then came back with Flight. I I feel like Robert Zemeckis uh, kind of has like a a similar. Um, bravado to James Cameron a lot in that they both say they both take on these technological achievements Uh for their movies and then they're like this is the future of cinema and then it's like the future of maybe their filmography for a few films and then they just abandon it for something else except it's weird that James Cameron went all in on Avatar he did, but he went all in. He went all in on 3D, and he's still living the 3D he dream. He is. Well, he is. And actually, in 2037, when Avatar 2 finally comes out, after <laughs> after its many delays, I'm sure we'll come back to the 3D. Avatar. The 3D craze. That is a name I have not heard <laughs> in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, here comes your next clue. We're almost coming to the end of this list. So you're holding strong. You're still you're one ahead right now. Okay, I got to put some distance. Actually, uh, actually sorry, you're two ahead right uh, now. Don't, I'm not going to get in my head, coach. I'm going to I'm going to do okay. this. Okay. Here comes the next one. <clears throat> A fast lane investment broker offered the opportunity to see how the other half lives. Wakes up to find that his sports car and girlfriend have become a minivan and wife. Oh, that's that's the family man. The family man! With, with Nicolas Cage. 
2000 movie featuring Nicolas Cage and Tia Leone Tia and Don Leone. Cheadle and Jeremy Piven mm-hmm. and directed by Brett Ratner. Oh my God, that's right. He did direct that. <laughs> he did indeed. I, dude, I saw that in theaters. That's the last time I've seen that movie. I'm sorry. But I saw that in theaters. <laughs> I did go watch that. It's I didn't like it. It's not a good movie. But it, it was kind of like a modern update on um, It's a Wonderful Life or tried to be that. You know, it though I think the way I felt about it and the way I still feel about it is it's there. It's it's a it's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie that exists. That exists. There are people that like it. Most people that don't, but it has its fans for some reason. Okay. Here comes the next clue. Yep. When a man inadvertently makes Santa fall off his roof on Christmas Eve, he finds himself magically recruited to take his place. I know what this is, but I really, whenever you said when a man, I wanted to be like, love's a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That would be the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus, starring Tim Allen Mm -hmm. and Eric Lloyd and Judge Reinhold. Oh, my God. I forgot that Judge Reinhold existed. Yeah, and um, David Cronholtz is in it, too. Okay. Directed by John Pasquin. This is a Disney movie. This is Mm -hmm. probably one of the better, I feel like, Disney Christmas movie. It is, and um, I, I, it's definitely the best out of the three that they made. Because the oh yeah, because the first one, I don't even remember the plot of the second one, and I the third one had Martin Short as Jack Frost. Yeah. Is that right? And I think that's the one where he had to get married. I can't remember if yeah, I thought he had to get married in the second. He might one. have, yeah. And see, that's that's what I'm saying. Like it, the first one was the best out of the three. It was the best. All right, here's the next one. Coming down to your final clues here. This movie is about a snobbish investor and a wily street con artist who find their positions reversed as part of a bet by two callous millionaires. Uh, What's one of the actors' names? I will give you Dan Aykroyd. Um... I can see the poster. Very iconic. Yeah, it is. It's not Trading Places. It's not called. It is Trading okay. Places. Damn. Trading Places. I can't believe I got 1983 that. 1983 John Landis Christmas classic starring Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I could see the. It's a great movie. I could see the poster. I want but I couldn't. I didn't know if I was if the title was right. Yeah, that's Pleasant, a fantastic. Pleasantly movie. surprised. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, next clue. A miserable con man and his partner pose pose as Santa and his little helper (laughs) to rob department stores on Christmas Eve, but they run into problems when the con man befriends a troubled kid. It's Bad Santa. Bad Santa! Starring Billy Bob Thornton. And John Ritter. The best part of that movie... Well, one of the best parts of that movie is when John Ritter is talking to one of the other guys in the mall and he's trying to re- to repeat what, what he overheard Billy Bob saying to the woman he was having sex with. <laughs> and he's like, you won't S-H-I-T, right? Because <laughs> he doesn't want to swear. That's like the part I vividly remember from that movie. Did you see the sequel? I didn't watch Bad Santa 2. 
I have not. No, I, I honestly didn't interest me. <laughs> no, because it didn't need it. It, it's right. It said all it needed to say. Yeah. What else? Why, why do we need a batter Santa? That doesn't we, make any we fucking don't. sense. Here's the next clue. After discovering he is a human, a man raised as an elf at the North Pole decides to travel to New York City to locate his real father. You sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> the elf. That would be elf. That's, that was super easy because like the title was in the description. It is, but also it's that's a great movie. 2003 John Favreau classic starring Will Ferrell and James Caan. And a and a younger um Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel and uh Peter Dinklage. Mary Jean Burgeon and Peter, Peter Dinklage, he, Bob Newhart, Peter Dinklage, Ed Asner. Because when he when they're he's Peter Dinklage's scene where he's he's like, he's an angry elf. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. All right, call me an elf one more time. You feeling big, my friend? Just call me an elf one more time. <laughs> This is my favorite Christmas movie. Okay. Let's see if you get it. A selfish, cynical television executive is haunted by three spirits bearing lessons on Christmas Eve. That's Scrooge. Scrooge! The 1988 Richard Donner film starring Bill Murray and Karen Allen. And Carol Kane is the ghost of Christmas present. Yeah, and we have Bobcat Goldway. Yes, because he has Um, that great scene with the... Well, every scene that Bobcat Goldwaith is in is great, but the one yeah, the where where Eddie where Bill Murray comes comes back on Christmas Eve, and Bobcat has the shotgun. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's getting thrown around. I I love Scrooge. Scrooge is. I mean, I uh, I I'm generally a fan of the Christmas Carol story, yeah. and I do like watching all the Christmas Carol stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and there you could even have a whole like episode just of talking about different Christmas Carol adaptations. Uh-huh. But but Scrooge is definitely my favorite. I just love... Because I'm a huge Bill Murray fan. I feel like if we're going to have a modern take on Scrooge, he's the perfect cantankerous, well, like, I also th- cynical bastard. I also think that if you're going to do a Christmas Carol in general, I think at this point you need to ask yourself, okay, what are you adding to it? Mm-hmm. That, you know, what is your reason for doing it aside from you just like it? Which can right. which can be a good reason, but mm-hmm. I mean, if we're gonna sit through, we all know the story at this point. So what do you bring? Yeah. What do you bring into the table? And and Scrooge has a really nice spin on it. It does, yeah, because it's well, and Scrooge is also really kind of firmly in that '80s culture that the it, the like the the yuppie you know right excess right. and all that and i think that's partially what makes it so good because you you compare that with karen allen's character and you know she's helping the, the needy and all that and so mm-hmm. i think it, i think a lot of those 80s films showed that dichotomy I think in in society. I need to watch. I need to watch it again. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll watch it every year. Uh, here comes your next clue. When a nice old man who claims to be Santa Claus is institutionalized as insane, a young lawyer decides to defend him by arguing in court that he is the real thing. It's Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. That aptly describes both versions of Miracle yeah, because they Street. they both have the same title and. And they follow the exact same thing. The Although the only, I, pref- I prefer the 1947 version personally. It's good. The one with Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, Natalie Wood, and um, <clears throat> uh, 
Edmund Gwen who played Santa. That I prefer that one. That personally. one's that one's really good. I do like the one with Mara Wilson and uh, is Richard Attenborough. Uh huh. And uh, who the the lawyer was. Was it Dermot Mulroney? I can, or, I can, um, yeah, I can only, th- I can only think of Bobby. It was Dylan McDermott. Yeah, there you go. I, was, I can only think of Bobby uh-huh. Donald because, okay, <laughs> from here's, the practice. Here's here's what I love about that movie is it's so unabashedly a product of the 90s because it has that top-down glow lighting in every mm-hmm. scene that takes place indoors except for the ones where it's the evil corporate guy's headquarters. Right. You know, yeah. every, but every, I mean, who was the bad guy in Lethal Weapon 2? Uh, Josh, because uh, he was also in Heat of the Sun. You know who I'm talking about? You remember. Wait, Heat of the Sun, the Bruce Willis movie? No, 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 no. That's Tears of the Sun. The, the. Oh, Lethal Weapon. For, you yeah. thought he just Die Hard for No, for lethal, lethal Weapon 2 and then Heat of the Sun. Josh, um. Auckland. Yes, him. Right? Yeah, he plays the evil the evil guy in that movie and like all of his mm-hmm. scenes none of his scenes have that that soft top down lighting but everything else it's such an unabashedly 90s film and and Mara yeah. Wilson is great in everything she did so she really was like she she had a a, a good a good spunk like um she was Dakota Fanning before Dakota Fanning. Yeah. Well, and, and not just I feel cuz she she and anytime she was in something, you know, cuz she was all she did Mrs. Doubtfire and she was in Matilda. Matilda was is awesome. Matilda is awesome. But I think I think part of what really helps that movie the the remake of Miracle is, you know, Mara Wilson has lost the Christmas spirit. And that's mm-hmm. like that's heart wrenching, you know. She doesn't. Yeah. She's just she's lost the Christmas spirit, and so I think part of the fact that they they also rooted it in her journey is really is really what helps sell that movie. But yeah, I agree. The, get that the get that little movie. girl Christmas exactly. But I you know the 47, 47 film is good too. Speaking about the forties, this next movie takes place in the nineteen forties. It wasn't made in the nineteen forties, but it's about a young boy who attempts to convince his parents, his teacher, and Santa that a BB gun really is the perfect Christmas gift. That's a Christmas story. A Christmas story. I do there are not a, like this movie. There are a lot of people who love a Christmas story, mm-hmm. and I just don't get it. I don't know. I I think partially it's because it's it's that comfort movie you can just have playing all day because they'll like Turner or TNT would just play it all yeah like a marathon all day back to back mm-hmm. to back to back to back. And I think they did it on Thanksgiving as well because if I remember right. Um, that's when I first saw it is I was mm-hmm. at someone's house uh, back in when I was in college and I was dating someone and we were we were at her dad's house and they just they had it on and so I've seen that movie a lot <laughs> yeah and th- I think the first time I was like okay so that's what all the fuss is about and it's got some right. it has some funny moments and you know it does you know like and the, there is there are some like iconic things like the permeating through pop yeah culture, the tongue you know? getting stuck on the on the the pole and you'll shoot you'll your shoot eye your out. eye out and then um whatever santa says to him before he kicks him down the slide the the leg um oh the lamp. leg lamp yeah that 
And of course, and, uh, and and him saying fudge, and then washing <laughs> his mouth out with soap. But he doesn't just say fudge. He does. He's like fudge. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know it got turned into a musical, which I don't think was very well received. Yeah. But I've just never been a fan of a Christmas story. It's just never been. I don't dislike but, it. It's just. But there. I don't want to watch it. Think of it this way, though. Like, for a movie that we both don't like, we pretty much described every single scene from it. And laughed at it, too. Like, that's the and thing. And laughed at we it, We described yeah. it, and we were chuckling the whole time. Because also there's the scene where, like, they, they, they fuck up, like, all the, the Christmas dinner, and they go have Chinese food. Oh, I my mean. God. And then the the Asian... And it's horrible. But when they're they're singing fa-la-la-la-la, and they replace <laughs> the L's and the... Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so I, I guess somewhere inside of us, we love this movie. <laughs> Here comes your next clue. An eight-year-old troublemaker must protect his house from a pair of burglars when he's accidentally left home alone by his family during Christmas vacation. If you were trying to give me a hint there, I already knew it was clearly Home Alone. Home Alone. I was gonna, yeah, so I was gonna mess with you and say an alternate title, but I know you, and I knew you would not count it. For some reason, uh, IMDb really felt like that one needed to explicitly have the name of it. In there. I it mean, did. I guess that—that's the whole. When the premise of the movie is the title, it is kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like it's like you know when you talk about a, a professor who uh, goes fi- looking after the lost ark. It's like, oh, is it Raiders is of the it, Lost is Ark? It oh, Raiders, yes. Is it Raiders of the Lost Ark? All right, here comes your next clue. Um, the Griswold family's plans for a big family Christmas predictably turn into a big disaster. Now don't go fall in love with it because I'm taking it with us when we leave here next month. Uh, <laughs> National Lampoon's A Christmas Vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yep. And see, I'm going to say this because I feel like I feel like Christmas Vacation and A Christmas Story are actually on even par quality wise and I feel like if you don't like Christmas Story you like Christmas Vacation and vice versa because I actually enjoy Christmas Vacation I would agree with that because I do like Mm -hmm. Christmas Vacation and to me but I think Christmas Vacation is really where that series just kind of transitioned into the Chevy Chase show Right. And everyone else. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. And everyone else was along for the ride. And then that's, that's, uh, it's a really good um, Randy Quaid vehicle as well, you know. And cause yeah, cousin, before he went crazy. Before he, well, he was always crazy before he let his yeah. crazy overtake. <laughs> but I've, I rewatched it. That was the first movie I watched um, after Thanksgiving. And I had forgotten how long it takes for Cousin Eddie to show up in the movie. Because mm-hmm. he is such a memorable part of the film, you know, like just because once Eddie shows up, the movie kicks into a whole new, yeah, whole new direction. Because he's got the 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 thing I remember the most is when he's got the the black dicky underneath the white <laughs> shirt, and so you can see that it's clearly just like a black dicky like turtleneck cutoff. Yeah, and he's just you know, but everything that movie is that movie is fun to quote, but it's also mm-hmm. it's still really funny to watch. Um, and it's one of it's it's definitely an older breed of comedy at this point too because it's one of those movies that still it'll take its time to set up a joke 
and then the payoff. Yeah, you know, because I mean, does. how how long does it take for the for the punchline with the with the Christmas lights on the house? You know, they keep coming yeah. back to it and they progress, and then when it hits, you know, the payoff is rich. But that's because mm-hmm. they they set it up way well in advance rather than just like throwing a bunch of stuff at you. They really do, and honestly, that movie like. Like you know, like, I feel like a lot of movies nowadays of that type will, will would like maybe resort to like cheap gags, and yes. that one really has like a got like a lot of good like physical like actual physical comedy bits that go into it. You know, it does, and it's and it's again, it's really quotable. I think if it was made today, the movie would mostly be the the scene where he falls off the roof and the cat getting blown up. I think that would right. be that would be like most of the gags in the movie like that type. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, like the the physical comedy gags in the film are those and then you also have the um the sled, you know? Yeah. But even yeah, the, the whole the whole bit with the Christmas tree but, is great when they're <laughs> when they go get the Christmas tree. That's great. But even even the sled has such a lead up to it, where he's yeah. you know he's like he's he's uh, he's greasing the sled up, and you have cousin Eddie where he's talking about he's like I don't think I need uh, you know it's a plastic plastic implant in his brain and all that government piece of plastic, and then you have that whole setup. And then the physical gag. And so even then, I think even when they do the physical gags, because uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and, yeah. and the guy who who's, plays... Who's in it, and she's great and in she's it. she's great. And the guy, and I can't remember who plays her husband, but they have those great physical moments whenever the house lights come on. Mm-hmm. And he's like falling down the stairs and they're hitting each other. And so even though it's got a lot of physical humor, it's still, they take the time to set up those jokes. And I, I think that's partially what makes it such a, such a classic. Yeah. It's a great movie. All right. Here comes the last clue. How am I doing on points wise, by the way? Hey, no revelation until the end. Mm -hmm. Um, but you have been having a really good streak. So here is your last clue. All right. Time to fuck it up at the end. An angel sent from heaven to help a desperately frustrated businessman by showing him what life would have been like if he had never existed. This is my favorite one. It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life, and it's a fantastic. Christmas this is movie. this is one that I'll actually watch a couple of times in December because really? because I do like it so much. Yeah, that one's my favorite Christmas movie. I remember when um, they used to show it actually on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't do it anymore, but I remember that that was like the, the tradition. That's, the networks would that's show actually it on, when on it, Thanksgiving. That's actually when it became a Christmas film because it started mm-hmm. its life as it was like a romantic comedy released in the spring and it did terrible. Right. And they didn't renew the the copyright on it. So it slipped into the public domain. And because of that, the networks were looking for programming that they could play on Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that. And so they just started playing It's a Wonderful Life. But, you know, going back, not to jump the gun, but when you talk about the three metrics that you use for a Christmas film, it hits all three of those perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's funny that it's that it was it didn't begin its life being considered as a Christmas film, but it right. is to me it's the Christmas film. Right. Yeah. And and it's one like we're talking about like setting things up and being patient. Like that movie, I think, is the prime example of that of how it just sets up all the pieces and, yes. and it really primes the audience um, for when we finally get to the Christmas miracle part of it. Uh-huh. You're just 
fully on board, and, and it just it just hits every all touches all of your heartstrings, and it hits everything out of the park. It does because and it earns it because of that patience, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be the same movie if they if they cut corners and and they you know they did something else with it, but. Um, you know, I start I start getting really emotional when the snow starts falling again. You know, mm. and he because he's saying I want to live again, and then the snow. I want to live again. I want to live again, and then um, and then Bert shows up. He's like, I'll hit you again, Bert. Zuzu's pedals, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and all that. Yeah. But it's like you know, and then and then by the time his wife comes in, the the amazing Donna the Reed, lovely Donna. Oh Reed. my God. Um, when she comes in and, and he's hugging and he's holding his kids and the neighbors, like I'm a puddle of tears of that, but that is one of those movies that it doesn't matter how many times I watch it. I will cry every time I see it because it is yeah, such, it's fantastic. It's such a great film. So you actually did really well in the quiz. Okay. You missed out of 30 questions out of 30 clues. You missed nine. Oh, wow. And you got 21, right? Wow. So you did. You know your Christmas films. I believe you have secured bragging rights. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so let's talk a little bit about twelve specific films here, okay. uh, just briefly about each one. We don't have to d- delve too deeply into them. Sure. These are mo- these are movies that I did not reference <clears throat> in the quiz because I wanted to speak to them now. I'm going to go. Um, these are twelve films that ha- are. Are maybe uh, there's a lot of debate whether or not they actually qualify as Christmas movies. So that's really what I want to ask you now: is are do we consider them Christmas movies? Do they do they follow those three metrics of what makes a Christmas movie? Um, first of all, we're going to start with three Shane Black films. Yes, uh, he he wrote all of these. He directed one of them. The first one is Lethal Weapons. What do you think? Is it a Christmas movie? Yes or no? <clears throat> Well, okay. Do, with, do we have a Christmas setting, first of all? We do. We do have a Christmas setting. With Shane Black, I always add in, because Shane Black always puts in Christmas in every single one of his films anyway. And so yeah. I, I think you also, with his films, you really have to ask, what does Christmas add to it? I would say, yes, Lethal Weapon is a Christmas film because Christmas is a time for family. And I think mm-hmm. because of that, it, it really highlights and accentuates Riggs' depression more Mm-hmm. than it would be if it was just set during the summertime, you know? Because that that depression and that loss is so critical to his character growth and development with Danny Glover and, and the relationship in that film. So yeah, I would say that Lethal Weapon is a Christmas film. So do you think that it fits the criteria of being about hope in the face of despair? I do, because it, not at the beginning, because the beginning is very bleak. You know, because mm-hmm. Danny Glover, is, he's ready to retire. He doesn't want to be with Riggs as a partner. Um, you have those scenes where Riggs wants to take his life. Mm-hmm. But I think that hope does come about. And it really, I think it. I think the turning point is whenever um, Trish is the daughter, right? Or is Trish the wife? Uh, I, I can't, rem- can't remember. But when the, when the daughter is kidnapped... And mm-hmm. and Riggs is saying we're going to get her back, you know, mm-hmm. and we're going to that because that is really that's the first time where he's really stepped outside of himself for the whole movie and has dared to care about someone else. And to me, that takes a lot of hope. 
mm-hmm. you know, to care about somebody else. So yeah, I would say, I would say yes. And I would say the Christmas miracle happens because Riggs gets a family at the end. He becomes a member of the Murtaugh family. So he does have a family. So yeah, yeah I would say that I'd say the lethal weapon is hands down a Christmas movie. I agree with you. I think it is a Christmas movie. It fits all of the criteria. Um, and it's prob- I, It's still to this day, I feel like maybe Shane Black's most successful marriage of like Christmas to material. The other it two is. films, the other two films that I had on this list were Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, who I think I, I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang more explicitly exists in a Christmas setting, but it's not as Christmassy as a whole as lethal weapon is i think um i think kiss kiss bang bang it ex- i think it exploits christmas rather than it uses christmas right yeah definitely has christmas in there but it's not really about it's a miracle no. that happened i mean unless unless you count like dumb fucking luck a miracle i would count i think the miracle <laughs> that is in it is it it, re- it revived, revived, Robert, it revived Downey Robert Downey Jr.'s career. career. That's, that's a fucking Christmas miracle back then, and he'll tell you the same thing. But no, I'd, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang just feels more manipulative with Christmas, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Christmas doesn't work for me with it. I saw that movie for the first time a few years ago because the Draft House was showing it as part of a Christmas series, and I was like, okay, you know, I've always heard this is a Christmas movie, and at the mm-hmm. end I was like, well, it's a good movie, but I don't think it's a good Christmas, I don't think it's a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I left off purposefully Iron Man 3 uh, from this list, and I went with The Long Kiss Goodnight instead. Do you think The Long Kiss Goodnight fits uh, the bill of a Christmas film? Um, I think it's a good movie. I think it's a great movie. Here's my problem. I'm kind of struggling to remember what impact Christmas has on it. Yeah, I don't think it's a Christmas movie, although I do think that it has an, a, a sort of miracle because it's all about her remembering and all that shit. So yeah. that's kind of miraculous. But I don't think that the miracle is about how... Like, she doesn't gain anything explicitly from the Christmas setting as part of the miracle. I think it's a miracle. She survives that last action sequence. (laughs) I think that's a fucking miracle. Um, yeah, I just, I don't think, and even with Iron Man three, I don't think Iron Man three is a, is a Christmas movie. I think it's a movie that takes place at Christmas, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's the thing. I think that lethal weapon is a Christmas movie. I think really the rest of Shane Black's filmography Overall, are just films that take place at Christmas, and now he's just adding it in for no reason. I mean, you watch something like The Nice Guys, and you go the whole movie without it, and then the last scene is it takes place at Christmas, and it's like you just did this because this is your thing now. Mm-hmm. Every everybody has a thing. Every filmmaker has a thing. His is Christmas, but um, yeah. What is, so this next one is is uh, one that not a lot of people. Uh, have heard of i wonder if you've heard of it it's called rare exports a christmas story uh or a christmas tale it's a a movie from finland actually Mm -mm. have you heard of this movie i haven't no it's a really great movie and there's a lot of um it's a very bloody movie (laughs) it's kind of like a horror comedy yeah the uh the, the the premise of the movie is really cool really interesting um it's about these people who live like in out in the mountains in Finland mm-hmm. and they discover the secret beca- behind Santa Claus, basically like 
uh, in this movie's world, like all the Santa Clauses that you see at the malls and, sh- and shit, they're actually captured as wild Santas in the wilderness in Finland. And then they're exported to all of the malls and shit. That sounds so, amazing. So all these like Santas are just like really like wild and ragged <laughs> and, and just look like fucking beasts out there. And then these people capture them and ship them across the world. I have to find um, this now and watch this. It's fantastic. That it's a great badass. Movie. And it definitely, I think like fits the bill for a good Christmas movie. Uh, Cause like the main character is a, is a kid. He's a, he's a, and he learns about the spirit of Christmas, albeit in a very fucked up way. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they have to like battle like all of these like evil all the evil like uh wild santas out there they have to battle i love them, so. i love the sound of this i need to watch it it's a lot of fun the next one i had here on the list was rocky four a lot of people don't remember that rocky four the big fight took place on christmas eve i don't remember that the big fight took place on christmas eve yeah so, do we say it's a Christmas movie? <laughs> Wait, okay, now are you talking about the big fight between Apollo and Ivan Drago or between Rocky and Ivan Drago? The one between a Rocky and Ivan okay. Drago. Let me. It, it is, it is, because remember, at the end of the fight, uh, he ends his speech by wishing his son a Merry Christmas when he's, he's watching on TV. You know, I to me, Rocky Ford... I wouldn't say Rocky Four is a Christmas movie because well, I forgot that it even has that that <laughs> Christmas is even a part of it. No, Rocky Four is is Sylvester Stallone winning the Cold War. That's what Rocky Four is. Yeah, yeah. And I feel I feel like I mean by that point the whole like underdog, you know, it's it's too tired to be a miracle. Like have, maybe if the if the first Rocky took place during Christmas, I would buy it. But for Rocky Four, I'm like at this point. We expect the miracle to happen. We do. You know, here's the thing. You can't expect it to be. It's not a miracle in Rocky Four because have you? did you see how shredded he is in that film? Rocky Four oh, is yeah. like the most shredded he's ever been in the Rocky in Four that, body in that series. Actually, he he got the body for Rocky Three, actually, when he and he was 41 years old when it when he achieved that look. That's insane. Yeah, that's really insane. That's really impressive. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, okay, I do have a soft spot for the Rocky franchise. You know, oh, who? I mean, who does? I really and and <laughs> Creed. I really, but I don't like Creed two. I think Creed two was a huge missed opportunity. But the first Creed was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that film is great. Uh, Rocky Balboa was really really good surprisingly surprisingly yeah. good and they're all enjoyable honestly even even rocky five i think has its moments even though it is the worst one it is and i think i think the, the i give rocky five credit for at least trying something different by ending in yeah. a street brawl you know mm-hmm. but rocky four also was when they brought it was for when they brought in like the robot butler yeah. yeah, I mean, who who doesn't love that scene though? With the with the eighty synth music going. Here's a, I mean, Ro- yeah, know, Rocky Four is one of the worst of the series, as, but it's still a lot of fun. As, as the Rocky movies went on, you, the emphasis became the the training montage. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so that's why the that's what I remember the most about about like Rocky three and four was 
the training montages because three had mm-hmm. eye of the tiger where right. where they were like running running on the beach and jumping and giggling and holding each other which was a choice and then I mean, rocky three is definitely uh, rocky three is so good like i mean rocky three is legitimately like a good movie it I, has, think, I mean well compared- it's it's the death of mickey yeah. You know, that's such a heartbreaking moment. And then Mr. T is great as Clubber Lang. Yeah. But by Rocky Four, you know, it just goes balls to the wall with its training. <laughs> because you have you have um, Dolph Lundgren, he's getting trained by like the machines and the Soviet right. the Soviet technology, and then Rocky's running up a fucking mountain and chopping wood. You know, like of course Rocky's gonna fucking win the fight, you know, but yeah, no, Rock, yeah. Rocky Rocky Four is not a Christmas movie. It's a movie that takes place at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Which we forgot about. There is no miracle that happens. The next movie on the list is Edward Scissorhands. Is it a Christmas movie? Uh, that's another one that I forget that it takes place at Christmas. It does. It's not the main focus of the movie, and that's Mm-mm. why I feel like maybe maybe it gets negative points for that because the movie, the climax takes place during Christmas. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily centered around Christmas. You know, I would be more inclined to give it to Edward Scissorhands just because that was, you know, like 90s Tim Burton very much did those gothic fairy tales yeah. really well. You got Nightmare Before Ni- Christmas. Which, which is produced, yeah, it's a story by him, but it's not, he didn't direct it, even though everyone assumes he did. From his imagination. From his imagination, yeah. Um, My favorite, I think my favorite Tim Burton film of all time is still Batman Returns. That one's on the list. We can talk about that one next. Okay. Well, Uh, yeah. That one's definitely a Christmas movie. That one is. That one is. But um, Edward Scissorhands, I'm struggling to remember a lot of the details because it's been a long time since I've actually watched Edward Scissorhands. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I would be willing to say that. I What's mean, the, the miracle the story, in it? What would the miracle be? The story is about a a a, a, a boy, a, a made like a doll mm-hmm. that comes to life. He is he's it's, basically it's a dark Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. So he is the miracle, and it's kind of like a fucked up thing too, because like he's also. He's also like considered like the monster, right? Because mm-hmm. they chase him out of the of town. Yeah, it's a little like bit. it's like Pinocchio meets Frankenstein in a lot of right. ways. Yeah, I, it is. You know, I would still say it's it's a uh, Edward Scissorhands isn't one of my favorite movies. Um, which I, I like, I like it a lot. It's great. It is good. I just don't. It's not one of my favorites. Um, I'd be willing to say, yeah, I would give it. I would say it could be a Christmas movie. I think it rides the edge. You know, I think you could mm-hmm. make an argument either way. I do think that Batman Returns is more firmly a Christmas movie. Oh, than it is. Edward it, it 100% is because it, it takes place at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, if we even look at what does Christmas add to it, um, you've got you've got laws. Commer- the whole fight between commercialism well, and... <laughs> commercialism, the, that, but also um, you have you have multiple children of trauma you know, who have personified their trauma into these personas, 
you know, with the penguin being hope abandoned. in the face of despair. Hope in the face of despair. And the miracle, you know, with Selena surviving at the end. And because and, then you we have that. several miracles. And you have that great, yeah, well, her, her whole nine lives thing is a miracle mm-hmm. going. But, okay, um, the other thing is, if it didn't take place at Christmas, we wouldn't have that great exchange about the mistletoe between the two of them, right. which is still the best reveal of Batman's identity to someone. Mm-hmm. In 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 all of the Batman films, um, I mean, I've never, I've personally never heard that saying like used anywhere outside of the context of the movies. I but as either, far as yeah. like as far as like contrived quotes <laughs> that people say to each other, yeah, it works. It fine, does. I'll, yeah, it whatever. I, but I love, I love that that Christmas ball that they're at, and then and they repeat that, and the music mm-hmm. is perfect, and then and Michelle Pfeiffer is just incredible in that Peak film. Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah, and. You know, when she steps back and he steps back and they look at each other and then they just kind of come back together real quick. And she's like, I feel like she's like, oh, my God, do we have to start fighting? And he's like, let's just go outside. You know, that to me, that is so good. But I I feel like that's one of those movies, too, that, you know, stands the test of time, because I feel like the more I watch Batman 89 I, I remember it fondly. I have great memories from it because it was mm-hmm. like one of my favorite movies growing up. But I'm, but the more I watch it now as an adult, the more I'm like, uh, you know, it it just didn't quite stick that landing. Um, there's a lot of good shit in there, but it's like, you know, it's very flawed. But the more I watch Batman Returns, I it gets better and better. It does. And I honestly, I honestly like uh, forgive a lot of its flaws because I remember once thinking, oh, Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, Michael Keaton don't have for a lot of chemistry. But now when I watch it, I'm like, oh, wait, this is actually kind of working for no, me. No, they have a I lot know, of I, chemistry. I think. Yeah, I don't know where that change happened, I but think, it's a great movie. I think, well, I think number one, I think Batman Returns has gotten viewed better as it's gone on in general because yeah you know there was a lot of stigma when it first came out because warner brothers was horrified by too how dark it was too dark you couldn't you know even though i had a ton of batman return toys you know growing up um i think the most fucked up toy line yeah i think that i think batman 89 succeeds as world building i think it does a really mm-hmm. good job of building the world of gotham and yeah. it sets up that world um there's definitely some great moments in there i love i i really like the moment where um vicky and him have that conversation in the bat cave and he's like but i gotta go to work now and then and then he goes and attacks the chemical plant like i think that's really cool Everything mm-hmm. at the cathedral is really great. Yeah, the the, the cathedral set piece is, is still to this day like I mean it's amazing. It it's is. Great. It is. Um it, and, it and is, I love, it is and a little and I love, silly that he can't hit the Joker with his plane. You know that is yeah. that's a little silly, but it's fine. But I do love I do love that you know where I think like a lot of superhero films. Um, they they generally trend to finishing with these huge spectacles, like these huge fights. Uh-huh. And I and I love that Batman eighty nine keeps it really small and like psychological uh, at the end. I think that's a really good thing that both of the the Burton Keaton Batmans did. Even though Batman mm-hmm. Returns has a little bit of a bigger ending, it's still even though there's more scale, it's still more it's still intimate. You know, and the only (laughs) and it's funny when you watch it, the the moment that Michael Keaton rips the mask off, 
because mm-hmm. you can see the the that he's he doesn't have the black eyeliner on yeah him. and yeah. it's funny because you you notice it you don't even think about it until it's until it's noticed but um yeah i think that even though it's a little bit bigger in scale obviously you know by having the they had the bat boat in that and so that was that was more world building and all that but um i still i still think that both the keaton and the both Keaton films did a, a really good job of ending mm-hmm. in a more uh, grounded and, and intimate way. To this day, the the death of the penguin is one of my favorite music moments in a film, and it's and it's a really good it's a really good death in general. From the moment he comes out of the water and that black blood comes down his down his mouth and down his front, and he's and he's shuffling. I think all of that is great. The uh, I mean the score the Danny Elfman score is definitely um, much better. I mean they're both great, but I think like his score in Batman Returns is definitely much better. Yeah, the two. I think I think the in Batman eighty nine Batman eighty nine's music is more known for the Batman theme that Elfman did, mm-hmm. and then Prince's soundtrack, and the right. the rest of the music kind of takes a backseat. I do like the the musical suite at the end for the finale, whenever it's going up the buildings. And it's da na na na, that whole thing, and then it and then it ends with that so- shot of Batman in silhouette. I like mm-hmm. that music, but yeah. but overall, um, the music in Returns is much richer. And yeah, but Batman Returns is one hundred percent a Christmas movie. I watch it every December. Hell yeah, me too. Um, so here's our next movie on the twelve films of Christmas list. It's called The Ref. Oh, starting yeah, with Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen it? Yeah, um, I've meant. So you haven't seen it, so you can't tell me if it's a Christmas movie or not. But basically, basically, Dennis Leary plays a burglar. Mm-hmm. Who burgles a house where um, Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis, they're a bickering couple who are on the verge of divorce. And he ends up like <laughs> tying them up so he can burgle the house. And he ends up playing like referee yeah, he's like between their, the their counselor, makeshift yeah. counselor. Yeah. yeah. And and at the end of the movie, they do end up reconciling. You know, so um, that could be construed as a Christmas miracle. I, I would, I honestly, just what a little I know of it, I would say it's a Christmas film. Just, I agree. just based I think on, it's a on the little too. bit, because you you describe the plot, and it's like, yeah, that's that's a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. The next one that I have is also one where it's like eh, you kind of forget that there is uh, Christmas in this movie. It's L.A. Confidential. Oh, I did forget that Christmas was in that movie. Mm-hmm. In fact, like the the inciting incident, uh, which was the brawl between the uh, the drunk cops and the prisoners, is referred to as Bloody Christmas because it happens during a drunken Christmas party. Um, I would be hesitant to say that's a Christmas movie, though. Yeah, I don't think so because it's not. I, I think like that's just the inciting incident, but the end has nothing to do with Christmas. I will say, I think that. Um, I think noir and Christmas go hand go in hand. hand in hand. <laughs> there's not a lot of noir, but the, you don't really see a, a lot of. Yeah, it's, it's not a Christmas noir. It's it's well, Shane Black tried with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but again, right. I don't think it. I don't think it works. But I just feel like Christmas and noir would would go really really well together. Yeah, it should should work together. Someone should make that happen. 
Um, okay, how about this next one? This is one of my favorites, Gremlins. Oh, yeah. Is it a Christmas movie? I think so. We definitely got a miracle. We got... <laughs> We got we got hundreds of miracles <laughs> running around terrorizing the town. No, I think it's because Gremlins has been so established at this point as a Christmas film. Uh, you know, yeah, it's like the ant. It's like an anti-Christmas. And I film. think that's I think that's a genre that needs to exist because you need counter programming at Christmas still, anyway. I still love. I mean, I know that a lot of people. It's one of those films. I think like if you if you don't get the kooky sense of humor like the kooky dark humor you're not gonna enjoy it Mm -mm. and i think like a good test of character for a person is whether or not they they laugh at phoebe cates's story about her dad getting stuck in the (laughs) fireplace because it's such a horrible dark story but it's hilarious Our poor dad died <laughs> stuck. And that's why she hates Christmas, guys. Because her dad dressed up as Santa got stuck in the fireplace. <laughs> it's such a great movie, mm-hmm. though. It really is. And, see, and who can forget the that lovely scene where the mom <laughs> microwaves the gremlin <laughs> and uh, in the food processor as Johnny Mathis sings, Do you hear what I hear? <laughs> Um, one thing that always blows my mind is how classic. One thing that always blows my mind is how if you look at a koala that's been dunked in water, it looks like a gremlin. Have you ever seen? Yeah, because of their fuzzy ears. No, but I mean, if you like dunk a, a koala in water, it looks like a gremlin mm-hmm. post, you know, change and all. It's terrifying. Right. Because like the gremlins, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that that's one of the the character designs. They're kind of reptilian, but then they got like yeah. random patches of like fuzzy hair everywhere. They do <laughs> here and there. And, and Spike was is still the badass. And the one. the the Furby toys looked like they were trying to rip off the gremlins in a way. Gizmo, yeah. You remember those? They do. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, I try not to remember. Those, they were but horrible, yes, but yeah. I remember mm-hmm. that. Uh, Okay, here's my next one. Uh, we're down to the last two, 12 films of Christmas. Um, penultimate one is Eyes Wide Shut. That's a Christmas movie. Is it a Christmas movie? No, that's movie? a Christmas movie, and I will die on this hill. In fact, I think I think we actually talked about this recently, uh, but it's, it's it really is a a sex Christmas carol. That's what it is. It is, um, but not just that. I mean, the when you look at how the Christmas lights, most of the scenes, except for the orgy, are lit by Christmas lights of some mm-hmm. kind, which adds a certain glow to mm-hmm. every scene. Um, but there's hope in the face of despair because, uh, you know, he's being fucking followed and 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 right. and it just the tension ratchets up. And then um, you have that miracle of the family coming back together. And he can't get laid with. Yes. That that is a fucking miracle, um, but you know, with Nicole Kidman saying we need to fuck soon, you know. No, Eyes mm-hmm. Wide Shut is one hundred percent a Christmas film. Yeah, he goes through he goes through quite a journey of like self discovery. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, he is like the the Scrooge of the film. I would also, <laughs> you think of it? I also this last because I just watched it again because it's another one that I'll watch every December. Um, <clears throat> I also think it's interesting that that Kubrick chooses to 
to show us the mask on the pillow next to Nicole Kidman before he mm-hmm. shows us Tom coming into the apartment. So we have yeah. that knowledge going into this as he's going about that because the mask ha- was missing from the return. And then we have that knowledge. And so to me, um, the the two questions I have that I'm going to ask you. Okay. Is number one, how much do you think she knows going into into that conversation with him at the end? You know, when he's like, I'll tell you everything. How much do you think she knows? And then also, um, do you think Sidney Pollack was telling the truth and that Nick Nightingale is fine and then he's he's in Seattle? Or do you think Nick Nightingale is dead and do you think that 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 the that the hooker was was murdered and it's a stage to look like an od i i i ask myself that question every time i watch that movie the hooker question that's like the main i think i think that nicole kidman has no idea what tom cruise has gone through but i do think that nicole kidman has gone through her own maybe similar experience well, that we don't see. Well, here's the thing that I always pick up on is the dream she talks about and how mm-hmm. close that dream mirrors what he just went through. Right. You know? Well, what what he what he goes through. Yes. And so there's that. Um but I also to answer to my answer to the second question is it's a Stanley Kubrick film. Nick Nightingale's fucking dead. That hooker got right. murdered. Like, there's no yeah. way, you know? And I think, but also, too, I think that makes it a better film is he survives. He mm-hmm. survives. So there's your hope right there. And there's also your miracle. I think the true. That's, a, that's your miracle. I think the yeah. true miracle is that he survives and he's he's allowed to 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 reunite with his family. And mm-hmm. this is either the, the biggest mistake of his life that he learns from and they go forward or you know, this is, this is a temporary setback and he's going to go, he's going to fuck up even more in the future. And he's not going to recover from that. I think like the name of it is a, is a good clue for like what's happening, um, with him too, because it's, it's about, it's about seeing, but not seeing what's really there, Uh you know? Yeah. So a lot, and I think like in, in his, He's he's there's a lot of there's a lot of naivete in his character that he's not picking up on until it's too late. And then when he finally learns, like to see what's in front of him, kind of. And, you know, he's like, oh, I hope it's not too late. But he does get his redemption because yeah. it's not too late. And Nicole Kidman's like, yeah, let's just gonna consummate our marriage and making us whole once again. And not just that, but that great shot of her. And I think this is also where the Christmas lights really come into play. The fact that just about every scene, again, except for the orgy, is lit by Christmas lights. There's a really soft, mm-hmm. romantic, almost kind of glow to the whole film. And then you get to that next day where he comes in and he says, you know, I'll tell you everything. And then it immediately smash cuts to Nicole Kidman's face. And it's that mm-hmm. that cold light of the day. It's that very sober you know, it's it's Christmas morning. It's Christmas morning. <laughs> it's Christmas morning, but it's Christmas morning with a hangover, and, and right, she's exactly. been crying. And I think without the effect of of that that long dark night of the soul that was lit by Christmas mm-hmm. lights, I don't think that that scene would have its visually have its effect 
And and yeah. and you and I talked about this the other day, and and I agree when you said that it you know it's surprising that Nicole Kidman's not in the film more because she is so good. She is really in good every there. scene she's in. Um, the scene where she's dancing with the Hungarian gentleman, mm-hmm. who totally is going to get me tooed someday. Um, oh yeah, but she's she's. If not that very night. That yes. Um but she's intoxicating in that scene. Yeah. She's one hundred percent intoxicating. All right. I saved the best for last. The twelfth film of Christmas is Die Hard. Yes. Hands down. One hundred percent. One hundred well, okay, first of all, um, John McTiernan himself said it was a Christmas film. So there you mm-hmm. go. But also I'm sure Shane mm-hmm. Shane Black says all his films are Christmas films. So but okay, let's let's look at the metrics. Uh it takes place Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um it's about a man trying to get back home to his family. You know, it's right. about a man trying to save his family. Um the fact that he believes that he can save his family, his wife and his mm-hmm. marriage in mm-hmm. the in the face of insurmountable odds, there's your hope. Yep. And the right. miracle is that they are reunited at the film at the end of the film. Yeah. And he he triumphs over he evil. He triumphs over <laughs> evil. And not just that. You know what? But I think the miracle is it goes beyond that because the miracle also affects those around him. Because Al Al gets the courage to use his service revolver again and saves the day. It, whenever Yeah, the, the friend the friends that you meet along the way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The friendships that you make along yeah. the way. Like there was def- there's definitely friendship in that. Exactly. Movie. So I Die Hard is one of those films that everyone loves to say it's not a Christmas film. It only takes place at Christmas. No, Die Hard is by it's every quintessentially is, by every conceivable metric is as Christmassy of a film as a Christmas Carol. You know? Right. Or and it's a wonderful life. Even. It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful, you know, and again, we go back to it's a wonderful life. Wasn't necessarily, it wasn't created as a Christmas film, but it's become the film that defines Christmas and Die Hard is the same way. It wasn't designed to be a Christmas film, but it can define Christmas because it has all those values. It's a bloody good time too. It fits really well with, there's definitely a lot of gratuitous violence in that Mm -hmm. movie. Um, It's, it's still to this day, one of the most tightly constructed action thrillers. It works on that level as well. Well, and Uh, in fact, in fact, as an action film, I was going to say like as an action film, it hands down, um, it's a hands down better constructed movie than lethal weapon, which I think is like the most obvious comparison to make between the two. Yeah. Because those were both, you know, cops in distress kind of movies movies um and from the same time period from the same same time period although lethal weapon was early 80s and and die hard was 88 um i believe lethal weapon was not early 80s no because it was like 83 84 and then lethal weapon 2 was like 87 if i remember correctly uh lethal weapon was 1987 was it yep oh my gosh and then Die Hard was 1988, mm-hmm. so they were literally like one okay. year. Okay, I stand. I stand corrected. Um, but no, I agree. I think, I think too. Die Hard. Die Hard makes really good use of its space, really well. And I think what yeah. also, aside from the practical effects and and that kind of that wizardry that that brings the film to life. Um, I think what also makes it such a good action film is we're let in on John McClane's process and you get mm-hmm. here's an obstacle and then we the audience are watching him solve a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, the 
And and the problem the the obstacles always escalate, and so then the problem solving method has to escalate. You can't mm-hmm. start the movie with him tying a fire hose around his waist, saying, "God, I promise I'll never think about jumping off a roof again," and then jumping right. from an explosion. You can't start there. But you know, he starts with, "Okay, I got to get help." So he he pulls the fire alarm, and then that draws the terrorists in, and then he kills yeah. the terrorists, and then he's just solving problems. He's solving the problems time. the whole film, and I love 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 that he stays barefoot the whole time. Yeah, it's great. But I also like that they put in that little bit where he's, you know, he kills that first terrorist and he's like, uh, you know, five million terrorists in the world and I kill one with feet smaller than my sister, <laughs> you know? And then, but then he writes, you know, you ask, you ask, what does Christmas add to the film? Well, first of all, they're at a Christmas party, you yeah. know, that they wouldn't have been at otherwise. So the whole inciting incident is, it has to take place at a Christmas party. But also you have that great moment where he writes on the terrorist sweatshirt, you know, now I ho, have a machine ho, gun. Ho. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. And that it's one of the great Alan Rickman performances. I love him. Yeah. In he's that fantastic. Film. And that was his, that was his breakthrough performance. And it was Bruce Willis's breakthrough. performance. It was cause well. he was on moonlighting. What that was, wasn't that the show that and he was he, on? Yeah, with and, he Sybil ma- and he made any, and he made Blind Date, I think. Uh, he was, for all intents and purposes, Bruce Willis was a comedy star. Mm-hmm. And then he just overnight became an action star because of this movie. But that also happened to Michael and, Keaton with Batman 89. Right. And it was like started the trend of like having every man instead of like these muscle machos yeah. um, who were in action movies. And now we had every man. Actually, I guess the trend started really with, um, Ra- with Indiana yeah, Jones. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But it wasn't solidified until John McClane. I think, um, yeah, and I think what's I I personally find and now we're kind of we're now we're kind of on the other side of that where we're seeing macho stars again. I think kind of I think part of that is the superhero boom, you know, and, and yeah. everybody has to and get Dwayne Johnson and Dwayne Johnson, but everybody, you know, the when Jim from the Office got the superhero body, that's when I was like, okay, this is out of control. Yeah, but but it's gone too far. But not just that. Not Jim. Not, not Jim. But when John Krasinski got the superhero body to play Jack Ryan, who sits behind a desk, <laughs> that's when I was like, okay, this is this is crazy. Because I think part of the part of the appeal of those early Jack Ryan films was that he was an everyman. I mean, he was played by Alec Baldwin in Hunt for Red October, and then Harrison Ford in Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, right. and he was still very vulnerable and very human. And both of them did a really good job of making the everyman aspect of his character but now he's he's really kind of a superhero and i i think as a result i kind of enjoy the series a little bit less but mm-hmm. um but yeah i think i think the idea that that john mcclain is just an everyman and he gets bloody mm-hmm. as he goes and he progr- every you know you you talk about cost and reward in it and as he's solving problems, it every the reward is he solves the problem, but it always comes at a cost, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's always a physical cost to him. Um, and I think that's what's also great about the film. So, yeah, I think I think Die Hard is one of the best action films that's ever been made. But also, yeah, it's a great Christmas film. Yeah. One of the best Christmas films. So, well. absolutely. All right, so we've come to the end of this episode. We've talked about Christmas at length and our favorite Christmas movies. Final thoughts. So, um, if you were to pick like your absolute favorite, you'd, you'd stand with uh, with uh, "It's a Wonderful yeah, Life." You, uh, hands down. Is your is your is your pick for favorite Christmas movie also your pick for like objectively speaking best Christmas movie? Are they one and the same? Um, I don't, yeah, I think so. 
to me, yes, uh, because It's a Wonderful Life really, really captures the Christmas spirit really well. Um, you know, the other thing is I I just watched for the first time the the Alistair Sim Christmas Carol. And I think that that's which is fantastic. I think yeah. that's that's a great film. And that may be a better Christmas movie. But um, yeah, to me, It's a Wonderful Life is my favorite Christmas film. And to me, it's it's the best Christmas movie. I think, hands down. But, okay, I think also you have to approach it as what are you looking to get out of Christmas? You know, what do you like about Christmas? And I think that'll, that's that's part of the reason why people have different different favorites um, for Christmas. And right. to me, Christmas is, is very much about, it's a little, it's a very melancholy holiday, but it's also about relationships. And It's a Wonderful Life has both of those yeah. really you know in, in spades so that's to me that's why it's a wonderful life is my favorite and the best there are a lot of great christmas movies i would probably think that it's a wonderful life is probably the best christmas movie um overall but my favorite still scrooged um i love it and i think maybe die hard is also up there in that in that conversation die hard is probably number two. die hard is probably tied at number two with me for with also with batman returns Batman returns is pretty awesome mm-hmm. So we're coming to the end of another exciting episode of GSV, 12 Films of Christmas. Nathan, thank you so much for talking Christmas with me on this uh, This fair evening. This has been a blast. Yeah, I hope that you get to talk more movies with me in the future and be on an actual uh, normal episode of GSP. I would love that. That'd be great. Any any time, man. I'm I'm down. And, and you you're actually um you're you're a director of your own theater company, yep. and uh, you guys are actually streaming uh, through uh, Zoom theater. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You're actually streaming your own version of A Christmas Carol. This, uh, this holiday season. <laughs> yeah, and to answer the question that I posed earlier of what are you bringing to the table, uh, I'm bringing I'm bringing a reunion. That's all. That's why I did it. <laughs> I'm not changing the story. I'm bringing a, a WT reunion. It was an excuse to see uh, friends from college. Yeah, college reunion. Um, so. This uh, Christmas Carol of yours runs through the end of the year. There's still a few more chances yeah. if people want to catch it. Tell them where they can find the information. If you go to newantiquities.org and click on our ticketing site, uh, our ticketing link, you can you can it'll take you to our digital our our streaming page because uh, we have two options now. We have online theater and then in person, but nobody's doing in person theater right now, or nobody should be doing. Right. People are, right. but nobody should be doing in person theater. Um, and then you can you can select a showtime. I do want to point out that all of our showtimes are are Mountain Standard Time, which is New Mexico time. So mm-hmm. if you live if you live outside of this area, you'll you'll need to kind of do the math. So. Figure out the math, guys. It's not that hard. It's not. But, um, so today is Christmas Day, so uh, Christmas Carol is streaming tonight, and uh, every every night until the end of the year, pretty much, right? is Tuesday through Sunday at seven thirty p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and then Saturday and Sunday at two o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and then we do have special showings Christmas morning. And then uh, late, I think I do believe we have a late one New Year's Eve. I would need to double check. Though. Okay. But if you if you follow our ticket link, it'll it'll take you to our site. And we have what's great is we have a calendar there, and you can you can select your showtime, and then it emails you the access code for the ticket, 
and it again I want to stress that it's that it's mountain standard mountain time, time. So Mexico time so two hours behind the East Coast one hour one hour ahead of West Coast and just yeah so please please join us it's a lot of fun well I'll put the the link in the show notes so you guys can find it there and thank you again for joining me tonight uh, Nathan for thank this you discussion. thank you so much and we this hope, was a lot of fun we hope that you guys out there join us next time where we're gonna watch another schlocky masterpiece and dissect it until then have yourself a merry schlocky Christmas now go watch some movies I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. Just sex. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. Just sex. You guys always bring the very best violence. Just sex. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. Just sex. You guys always bring the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. You guys always bring the very best violence. Just sex. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. Just sex. You guys always bring the very best violence.